morning. It's good to see you guys. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome. Glad that you chose to be here today and worship. Um, especially if you happen to be a first-timer, you're very welcome here. We're glad that you chose to be here and that um, I, I pray that you feel inspired and encouraged and welcomed. And um, you heard it in the announcement video, but I say it every week because it's really important. Uh, we have a next steps wall out in our lobby, and it's got all the information that you might be used to getting in like a bulletin or a handout of some sort. Um, but all that information is out there. I'm going to talk about some things today in the message that I hope you're going to want to know more about. And so after the service, make your way over to the lobby and, um, and get some information because uh, it's, it's how we want to help you engage and be part of, of what's going on here. Um, so we're in this series community, which, you know, the video showed and we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to start out today with, I got permission to share with you a text message that I received last Monday after last Sunday's uh, message. And I know that, that last Sunday's message in particular resonated with a lot of you for a, a different reasons. Uh, we talked about isolation and how God can pull you away. I, I shared a very personal story that I know resonated with a lot of you and, and for people that you love. And, and so I got a lot, I actually got a lot of text messages and emails and phone calls and Facebook messages and, and conversations with people last week. And, um, and if, if I would just say that I was just the deliverer of that message, but I know that God really used that to speak to you. So if for some reason you missed last week, um, I would encourage you to go online, go to our, our Facebook page or um, our website, theporchcc.com, and, and you can find our messages. And uh, I think, especially if you didn't know that we live stream these, we record these, you could share that message with someone else that needs to hear it. But um, So I got this, this text this last uh, Monday, and I wanted to share it with you. And what's interesting about it is it comes from a person who is not new to the porch. They were with us when we were downtown, when we were with uh, First Methodist. They were there with us for a couple of years, actually. And so it was really interesting me, to me to, to get this message from them. Um, and they say this, wanted to let you know how much yesterday's message meant to me. Loneliness is such a harmful tool the devil uses to keep us from the blessing of being part of the flock. So remember we talked about isolation and how we have an enemy who can try to, he'll take advantage of, of us and try to pull us away, kind of distract us, try and get us out of, out of community. And then she says what I know a lot of us agree with. She says, don't get me wrong, I love to be alone, right? Like you're one of your favorite people. That's, and so she likes us, but she says, but the truth is that being alone and staying alone is something I have to pull myself from. So she admits this is a challenge for her to, to move out of that comfort zone. And then she says this, and this is the part that I wanted to share with you because um, she's, she's been with us for a while. She's been connected for a while. She says, since I started serving with the porch kids in the nursery, okay, several years this person's been connected. This is what they say. Since I started serving with porch kids in the nursery, I finally feel like part of the church. So she was coming to worship. They were faithful in worship. They had, you know, come to, you know, we'd done like a women's conference and different things and couples things and stuff like that. But it wasn't until she started serving that she felt part of the church. And she says, why? I have talked with people that I have known for many years. I mean, how many of us today, we came in and we're like, hey. And we say, hey, hi, how you doing? And then you sit down and you're like, what's their name? And mm -hmm, I don't know. And, and we, you know, there's people that we see and we say hello to, but we, we, maybe we don't connect the, the name or remember what it is they do. And she says, 
I finally, I've talked to people I've known for years, but I've never talked more than a few words with them before. So she talks about how she finally feels part of the community, and it's through serving. Now, what I wanted to, to say here is, well, I wanted to remind you of, she's talking about what resonated with her more than anything in last week's message was that I had offered two really practical ways, because we talked about isolation, we talked about how real it is and how easy it is to fall into, and so I offered two really practical ways to be in community here, like here at the Porch Community Church, and I said one was to get on a serve team, be on a serve team, find a way to serve, like find, find the area where you'll be good at that, and, and she's saying that she's gotten to know others and she has the joy of serving, and so she did that, and that's important, and the other thing that we talked about was the practical option for you was to get in a community group and I know and I said this last week I'll say it again like the reality is is we're going to talk about this we're, we're not going to stop talking about community we're not going to stop in in three weeks stop talking about community because we're moving to a new series we're not going to stop talking about community after we've been doing this thing for a year and be like okay we finally got community figured out we are going to talk about community it's always going to be central central to who we are Jesus will be central to who we are and then that community of Christ followers is what we're always going to talk about. And, and I know this and, and I know how my brain works so I know there's a chance that yours might be working like this too is that you're kind of going okay Shannon we get it. You've told us. We know the two practical things. I might do one of them. I might not. I don't, I'm too busy. I will in 2020. I'll wait till January. I'm going to I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to get in a community group. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm going to stop eating bread and sugar and chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, like, I know that there's intentions. And some of you are really honest with yourself. You're like, I'm not, I'm not there. I, I don't want to do that. But I want to talk today about the importance of community and why we keep talking about it and what is the power behind it. We want people to be in community. We launched 16 community groups um, a couple of weeks ago. And of those 16, I, I think only three or four were already meeting, that were already established. So that's a lot of community groups that have started. So we're saying, hey, we want people to be a part of this. I've, I've been a part of a community group for um, several years, and it's, it's a different kind of community group. I meet with, with a couple of families, and we go to dinner just about every Friday night. Um, unless we're out of town or something's going on. And it's us and the husbands and kids, and we talk about us and our husbands and our kids, and we talk about church, and we talk about what's going on. And, and um, the women in that group are the people that pray for me. Um, when I have stuff going on, I'm, there, I'm sending them a text. We're talking. We're praying for each other. We're, we're like in a constant Marco Polo deal. Like we're always like, please pray for me. I'm about to go into this meeting. And, you know, like we're just we're there for each other. We're, we're a community. And I don't know where I would be without that community. I don't know where I'd be without that community this past year and all that's gone on. Because as wonderful as it's been, it's also been really challenging. It's also been taxing. It's also been hard, like, you know, emotionally and, and, and spiritually. And so I don't know where I would be without my community. I, I don't know where I would be. So I talk about this, one, personally, because I believe in it, but two... Um, I want to share the other half of, of what this text that this person sent. 
because they go into this other part that as a pastor I was reading this going yes this is so great so I want you to hear it and maybe you'll be a little excited about it too so they talked about how it's so like getting serving in porch kids has been great for them to connect and then they say they talk about one of their co-workers who also happens to be a partner in ministry here and they say them by name but I'm leaving the names out and and they say this I said this person has been a blessing to me they come to my desk during the week and they ask me about Sunday's message I'm like oh yay if someone listens and talks about it yeah. what team they talk she asked they talk about what team are you going to serve on what team are you going to be a part of what team are you on they talk about actually serving this person comes to their desk and asks what community group they plan on being a part of I mean I need to pay this person like this is a, I need to give them like some gift cards or something um and then they said this, that this person asks all the co-workers that they know that, that also are uh, ministry partners here, they talk to them about these things. And then the very best part is, and they invite anybody that would hear, anyone that would listen. And I'm like, this is it. This person, what I see in this person, you know, our tagline here, right? Our mission statement. Does anyone, you know what it is? What is it? Following powerful I'm, I'm moved right now what's, what's our tagline following for our community and what I see in this text message that was sent to me one I hear this person say you know what I'm really trying to be intentional about following Jesus and I'm, I'm, I'm serving I want to do this I'm pursuing after this and then the last part, for our community. And they talk about this coworker of theirs who I see, I mean, it's obvious that they are following Jesus for their community. They're following Jesus in, in the place. I mean, think about it. We've got 168 hours a week. And I did some research this week. It's called Google. And I said, how, what's the average number of hours an adult gets to sleep? Uh, <laughs> Twelve. I didn't say 10th grader. I said, I said, adult. So now I don't know where this number came from, this answer, because this, it's an average, which means some of you jokers are sleeping like 10 hours a night. But the average is seven and a half hours of sleep. Okay, I know people are like, what? What's this seven and a half? Like I, if I get five or six, I'm, I'm doing good. So the average number of hours that an adult gets to sleep is seven and a half hours. So let's take that out of the 168 we have in a week. So you're looking somewhere around 115 or so hours of, of waking hours. Where are you spending that 115 waking hours? If you've got a job, most of that time is at work. Most of that time is at work. And what I see in this is this person is spending, a, they are taking the opportunity in the, the, the waking hours that they have and they are following Jesus for their community. I love that about this. I love that, that this is going on here. And so if you're a note taker, this is one thing that really just kind of jumped in my brain that I want to share with you, and it's this. Don't save your faith just for Sundays, please. If you're a follower of Jesus, don't save your faith just for Sundays. Don't let what we're doing right now, which is wonderful, I love it. I look forward to Sundays. I look forward to Sunday mornings. I, I love being here. I do. I miss it when I'm not here. But if this is the only expression of your faith and my faith, this hour, let's be honest, hour and a half sometimes, that we spend together, 
If this is the only expression of our faith in the entire week, folks, we're missing something. We want to follow Jesus for our community. And that's not just sitting in this room. We want to follow Jesus for our community. I don't want a Sunday-only faith. Do you? I mean, maybe for some of you, you're going, that's all I got right now. And I get it. And, and, and I, I, my prayer is that you would move beyond that. We all got to start somewhere. My prayer is that you would move beyond that, that you wouldn't just have a Sunday faith. And so as we talk about community today, what I really wanted to kind of zero in on, and, and, it, and it's kind of a delicate thing that I want to talk about because um, it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of pointing back at me. It's kind of pointing back at, at our staff, uh, you know, Justin and Kristen and Josh and Tinley and, and Casey, and, and it's kind of pointing back at us. But I think it's really important to talk today about community because what I've realized is, is I, I could stand up here every week and talk about community and talk about the importance of serving, of being on a serve team. And, and, and what I know for, for many of us is because of how we've maybe grown up in church or been connected to a church, that, that there might be some expectations that you have of what the pastor and what the staff are supposed to do versus what you're supposed to do. And I want to talk about that today. I want to take those expectations. I kind of want to highlight them. And then I want to talk about the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Because I know if I sit up here and go, hey, we need to serve, serve, serve. And you think, that's what I'm giving money to the church for. So Shannon, you can serve, serve, serve. Well, then we're missing it. We're missing, we're missing the deal. So um, we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 4. We keep going back to Ephesians. We're just hanging out here in Ephesians. And while you're turning there to Ephesians chapter 4, I want to tell you a story that happened very early in my, um, in my ministry career. I had a whole other career before I started working in ministry. I, I, taught, I played tennis in college, and I taught tennis, and I was a teaching professional, and that's what I did. I worked for the city here for quite a while and taught tennis and coached teams and, and private lessons and all that stuff. And so I had this other career, and then I moved my way into ministry. Like, God just kind of moved me along. Um, I knew early on, I knew almost immediately upon accepting Christ that I felt this call in my life to teach. And I just thought that meant that I would go back to school and get another degree in like education, which would have been cool. But every time I tried to pursue that, God closed those doors. And so I just kept doing what I was doing, which was teaching tennis. So I thought, okay, well, I'm teaching, so this, this is how you want to use this. And God most certainly used that, and he gave me that platform and that opportunity and those avenues to do that. And then one day I get the random phone call to come on staff down at First Methodist downtown and be a part-time middle school youth director. And it wasn't random at all. I mean, God was lining this up. And so I did the tennis thing for a while and the, and the, the youth ministry thing for a while. And then I kind of moved into full-time and let tennis go. And so all this time, like, I knew my calling was to teach, and I had no idea how he was going to bring that along. Some of you have that kind of story. Like, you, you've seen how God has kind of moved you into things that you never would have thought of before. You wouldn't have planned it that way. So I have this calling, and I know I'm supposed to teach, so I say yes to this ministry job. And it was very early on. This is 20-something years ago. And one day, I got this call from... Um, I was doing student ministry, and I got a call from a mom who was concerned which most of us know means that's just code for I'm really chapped about something and I'm going to tell you how you need to do it and if you don't do it the way I want it I'm going to ask to speak to your manager 
So this, that's, that's code for concern. And so this mom calls me, and she calls me about youth Sunday school. Now, she has a teenage son who plays travel ball and who is only there one Sunday a month, sometimes two, like if it rains really bad, you know. And so, seriously, like not hardly there at all. And everyone knew it. That was, you know. And, and she was calling because she was concerned because the couple of Sundays that, that Junior was coming to church, he was not wanting to wake up at 8.30 in the morning and get ready to come to church. Is this surprising to any of us in this room? So she commences to tell me that her son said that, well, those volunteer Sunday school teachers are really boring. Now, I poked my head in our, our Sunday school class today, and I loved it because, first of all, Jennifer and Allison are not boring. Those, that's who was teaching today. Secondly, I don't think anyone was bored. There might have been a few that weren't really awake yet, but, but I don't think they were bored. And we had the brilliance to say, hey, how about we start Sunday school for the students at 10? Because it's a double digit, so it kind of tricks them into thinking it's not as early as it really is. So, so we've kind of worked that. So, but anyway, so she's really concerned, and her son, who hardly ever comes, doesn't want to get up at 8.30 on a Sunday morning. Who knew? And, and so then she says, after the whole, you know, he's you're bored, this was the kicker to me. She said, asks this question. And this is what I'm getting to. This is what I'm talking about expectations sometimes that we have of people in ministry versus people who are, you know, just you guys. She says, isn't it your job, Shannon, to teach Sunday school? Now, depending on your view of church and depending on what your expectations are and what your experiences have been, some of you are sitting there and not going, isn't, isn't that her job? Wasn't that her job? Now, now, the short answer to that question is no, and I'll explain. Um, but I'm going to tell you that there have definitely been times in my life when I thought that everything was my job. Everything. If I was, if I was responsible for student ministry, then everything about student ministry was my job. Everything. If, if it had to do with the porch, everything. Had, I had to know it all. I had to organize it all. I had to promote it all. I had to do Everything. And um, I'll tell you that though it flourished for a while, the student ministry actually suffered for it. I tried to do it all, and I couldn't do it all, and I was trying to figure this out. Now, side question. Have you ever felt like God like, just gave you something to say? Like, you, it's coming out of your mouth, and you hear it in your ear, and you're going, this must be from God because this is not what I was thinking about saying. <laughs> Like, you had a whole other reaction that was ready to go, but, like, God, like, kind of... So, I'm talking to this, this, this mom, this concerned mom, and, and it's, isn't it your job? And, you know, I kind of felt a little, like, not attacked, but just like, whoa. And, and I just, I, I gave her this answer. And I, in this particular moment, on this particular day, I feel like it was just like God saying, here's how you answer this, Shannon. This will be important, how you answer this. And so I looked at her, and I said, no. My job is to equip people to teach Sunday school. My job is to help people teach Sunday school. Because I'm not, I'm not omnipresent. I can't be all places at all times. I'm not omniscient. I don't know all things. And there are other people that are gifted and are better at this than I will ever be. There are other people that have the time and the passion to want to do this. And so I looked at her and said, no, it's my job to equip people. 
Now, she didn't care very much for the answer, but she kind of had to accept it because it comes right out of Ephesians chapter 4. And it's where I want us to focus. Now, we're going we're gonna to zoom in on, on two verses, but I want to give a kind of a quick background to the passage. We know what Paul's doing. He's, he's been doing it, and we've been talking in this series the whole time. He's been talking about developing the church, developing leaders in the church, helping the church be strong, helping the church be faithful, making sure the church isn't like yeah, yeah on the inside, and that, that they're being purposeful in the community. And so in ver- beginning in verse 1, what we find is Paul is, is he's reminding the people, a lot of you in here, you've heard the body of Christ imagery before. You've heard about there's many parts, and we're all part of one body, and we each have a different job. And, and, and Paul is, he's kind of, he's talking again about the body. He's, he's mentioning again this, this body of Christ and the unity there. And he starts out, and folks, honestly, we could just hang out here in these first couple of verses all day. But there's, there's somewhere I want to get us to. So I'm just going to tell you, go back and read Ephesians 4, 1 through, you know, 15, 16 later. And really take it in. And consider how it is that you're doing this. How how are you living this out? Because one of the first things Paul says in verse 1, or around verse 2 of Ephesians 4, he talks about telling everyone to be humble and gentle with each other. How's that going for you? How's the humility and gentleness gone with you this week? We're supposed to be humble and gentle with one another. And then he, he, even, he pushes the envelope. He tells us to be patient with each other. How's your patience been this week, folks? See, I told you, we could just hang out here. Um, but I'm feeling the heat rising in the room now. It's like, oh, move on, move on, move on. Oh, and here we really get into it. He says this, that we're to make allowances for each other's faults because... We're perfect? No. <laughs> no. He says we're supposed to make allowances for each other's faults because of our love. And folks, that love is the love of Jesus Christ. It's not what we conjure up because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make a lot of allowances for you working on my own. I'm not going to do it. Nope. But because of the love of Jesus Christ, I'm going to make allowances for that. And I would pray, pray, pray that you would make allowances for me. So Paul is talking about the importance. We are together. We are a community, and we have a purpose as a community. So he talks about being humble and gentle and patient and making allowances for each other's faults. And then he, um, he says in verse 3, to do everything possible to try to be unified, to try to keep peace, to try to do things peacefully. Everything possible. How's that gone for us this week? Have you done everything possible to keep peace? I'm not saying be a doormat and let someone treat you badly, but, but in, in regard to being the community of faith, how are we doing with that? And then he points out in verse 4, he's reminding them, hey, we are one body. We are one body. We are one spirit in Christ. And then he says in verse 7, that though we are unified as one, because he's, he's, really, he's really focused in on this body thing and that we're one body. He says, though we are one body, we've all been given gifts. We've all been given graces. There, there are things that you can do that I can't. There are things that, that I can do that you can't, maybe. There's things that, 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 you know, that, that you do better, that we have all been given these gifts and these graces. And so just like in Ephesus, we are a community made up of people with different gifts and different graces and this is why I've mentioned it before but I want to mention it again because it's so important this is why I love our nurture team 
This is why I love this group of people because they are so gifted at caring for other people about, um, for, for caring for people in grief and caring for people in celebration and caring for people in times of need. They are so good at this. They, they have the gift of compassion and prayer and hospitality to care for people in ways that I could not. And if you, even in our short time as a church, if you've had like, a nurture team person come along and, and you know, you've let us know about a need um, or something going on and you've had a nurture team person come and bless you in some way I'm, I promise you I'm telling you because see your experience and your expectation might be well that was great that the nurture team person came but where's the pastor because the pastor is a magical word and when pastor shows up all is well and everything is wonderful and there's rainbows and butterflies and, and all these things and, and angels sing and they appear and this isn't true see I want us to understand that, that we are gifted in different things and so if you've been blessed to have a nurture team person show up I promise you I promise you that they have blessed you over and above what I ever could have done or what I would have done because that's not really my gifting like you might have got a three page note with really beautiful handwriting you, it, you know a text message you know I mean that's kind of how I roll you know like hey how's it going and it's not because I don't care but this just is not my gift and so I love that we have a nurture team so Paul is saying, hey, we are all in this community and we all need to use our gifts. And this is where I want us to focus in on verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians chapter 4. Because he does talk about how everyone has gifts, but then he says, now here's some even like specific leadership type gifts that he's given to the church. And he says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He says, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And then here's where I really want us to hear. This was my answer to the mom who was wondering what about my job description. This is the answer when we wonder uh, maybe why someone or a pastor or a reverend or a priest or whatever didn't do what we thought they might do. Or, or maybe why we think, well, let me just read it. Verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This, folks, is why you will hear me talk about why it's so important for us as a community to serve. Because only if, if only like a handful of us here at the church are serving, then, then we are not making the impact that, that, needs, that, that, that could happen. Our next series in October is actually called Impact. And we're going to talk about really practical ways and ways in which we are going to impact our community. And one of the ways and the primary way that we are going to impact our community, folks, is through our community groups. We are mobilizing our, our community groups to go out and find the people and the opportunities and the circumstances that they can come along and help. Instead of you sitting there waiting for me to say, hey, this is what we're going to do, we're saying, hey, community groups, you pray, you look, you listen, and then you go out and you impact our community. I mean, isn't that just more, like exponentially better? Isn't that exponentially greater to send out multiple groups of people to do many things in our community in the name of Jesus. So what are the expectations of the church? Well, I know that as a pastor and teacher, I know, I mean, there's no doubt that, that I know I was called to teach. 
and, and I want to do that, and I want to do that well, and I know that that's like what I'm supposed to do, but another part of my job, folks, is to help equip people so that they can do the work of the church. And so that's my, that's my role, that's my, my responsibility is to help God's people do the work of the church. Justin's role as a student pastor and a worship pastor is yes, to pour into the students and to love these students and be present in their lives. And as a, as a, as a worship pastor to lead us excellently in worship and, and, and make sure that that is just a primary way in which we enter into the presence of God. But you know another role for Justin is to equip people and to come alongside people and pour into them and say, I want, you to, I want you to help lead worship alongside of me. I want you to help me lead these students alongside of me and pour into that. Kristen, our kids pastor, yes, her job is to love our kids and to teach our kids and to, and to help them get excited about Jesus and, and to love those families along with it. But another of her roles is to, is to find people and to equip them and give them opportunity to serve our kids. Josh's role as, as our community groups director is to, is to say, hey, yeah, I don't want to just help organize some community groups and make sure you get the information you need, but I want to identify people and know people so that we celebrate not 16 community groups, but 32 and 64. And, and you know where that goes from there, right? You're doing the math already in your head, right? But that we celebrate that because our job is to equip people to do the work of ministry. And when people can lose sight of Ephesians 4.12, what I find is that the church is either shrinks really small so that one paid pastor, one paid staff person can do it all. That's usually around 40 to 50 people. That's kind of the standard. The average size of a church in America is 45 people because they're under the model that they'll pay one person to do everything, and that's where it's possible. Or they go to the other extreme and they get a staff that's like overinflated and, and, and they're paying everyone. They're like... We need someone to turn on lights in the morning. Let's pay somebody. We need someone to clean out the water jugs after the, the middle schoolers go on the Itchitucking trip. Let's pay somebody. And before you know it, you got this huge, 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 you're paying everybody budget. And all those, there's, some, there's resources there that could be going to do real ministry in the community. So we want to mobilize people. Raise your hand if you have the Bible app on your phone. Ooh, a lot of you. And I'm talking about like the brown Bible app that says Holy Bible on it, right? You with me? Uh, that Bible app uh, came out of, I was reading an article this past week uh, from Life Church with Pastor Craig Groeschel, and, and some of you are familiar with Life Church. They're out of the great state of Oklahoma primarily, but they've got churches everywhere. And he, I was reading this article, and they were talking about how early on in their ministry days, they stopped doing some things that were like, Good and like that they were paying people to do and it was kind of going well and and please hear me I'm not saying to do away with what I'm about to say but I'm just giving you an example that they had they like stopped doing BBS and some of you are like oh baby don't do BBS oh I'm not saying that's what we're doing so please don't hear that they did they were like you know what no we're gonna put our resources into like Sunday when we have worship our kids ministries our life kids is gonna be amazing. And then they quit doing stuff like they were doing, like intramural sports and stuff, and they're real active. Like, we're going to stop doing that because we want to we streamline and make our resources really work. Well, that Bible app on your phone is the most downloaded app in the world. Not the most downloaded Bible app. It is the most downloaded app in the world. And if you notice, when you download it on your phone, you did it for free. 
they took those resources, this is just an example, and, and so they, they streamlined. They said, let's really focus. Let's really do ministry well. Let's mobilize our people to do ministry. Well, a guy who was going to their church came to them and said, I think I can make an app. I think that we could put, like, the Bible in an app. And they said, okay, well, what do you need? Well, we need some resources. Well, okay, we have some now. And they gave the resources, and this guy developed the app. He's on staff now. He's overseeing all this stuff. And it is the most downloaded app in the world. See, see, the mindset is not let's just have a couple of people try to do everything. It's, it's let's, let's have the resources and then let's mobilize our people to pray and use their gifts and their graces and see what it is that God wants to do with it. Like, I am so excited. I can't wait. And I'm probably, I might be opening myself up here a little bit, but like, I, I love it when someone calls me and says, I have an idea. I love it. I love ideas. I love ideas. Now, you, it might be the dumbest idea ever, but I'm going to smile at you and be like, that's awesome. No, no, I, someone's going, hang on, I've done that before, and that's what she said. No, but here's what happens with ideas. Is, is your idea, you bring it to me, and I'm like, you know, that's funny because we were just talking about that in staff, but we didn't know who or when or how. Connection. Or, you know what, that's a great idea, but what if we did this? And ideas are potential, folks. Ideas, your gifts and your graces are potential for us to reach people in our community for Jesus Christ. See, this isn't just I'm trying to get you in an organization. This isn't about just trying to get you on a serve team. This isn't about just trying to get you into a community group. I want us to be reminded, folks, that Jesus Christ came to change our lives, that we were people lost. We were people in sin, and we needed a Savior, and Jesus came to do that. And for many of us in here, we know what that means. He's revolutionized our lives. He's turned our lives right side up. And that you know that as you started to walk into this, that you actually went, you know what? I think I'm created for more. I'm actually believing that there's something more God has for me to do. And what do I do? Well, I'm just going to let the pastor and the staff do it. And I'm going to save my faith for Sunday. I'm going to be unfulfilled and I'm going to go to work I'm going to go to class and then I'm going to wonder why I'm not really hearing from God or why I don't really feel like I'm really have a purpose God we were folks we were created to be in this relationship with God and he wants us to be a part of his work and it is a privilege a great privilege when I, entered, when I say good morning to you guys every Sunday, I, it is not just some line I'm saying when I tell you that it is a privilege that I get to be the lead pastor here. It is a privilege that Justin gets to be the student and worship pastor here. It is a privilege for Kristen to be the kids pastor. It's a privilege for Josh. It is a privilege for Tinley. It is a privilege for Casey for us to get to do what we do. But my goodness, there is so much to be done. There is This community is big. And there are people you know and circumstances you know and situations that you know about that are there where you're spending the majority of your waking hours. And God wants you to be present there. He wants you to know that he wants to use you in that moment. You know, there's, I guess, the, the big so what of today's message is that if the responsibility of the pastor, the responsibility of, of the staff is to lead you well and, and to do what we do well, but it's also to equip you, to help you, to walk alongside of you, to encourage you, 
for you to do God's work, for you to do God's work and to build up the church, to build up this community of faith. That's what it is. So if my job is to help equip you do that, then your role, if you're a partner in ministry at the Porch Community Church, this is a definite. But even if you're a follower of Christ, like if you're just visiting here today, but you're like, yeah, I'm a Jesus follower, I want you to know your role, you have one. And it is to build up the church. It is to use your gifts and graces to build up the church, to build up the community. Which is what we're trying to do by providing opportunities for you to serve within the church. Providing opportunities for you to be involved in community groups and finding ways in which you to to really be mobilized and do the work of Jesus. I'm about to ask you one really strange request. And then I'm going to ask you another one that's not so strange. The first one is this. If you happen to currently be on a serve team and you, you know you really haven't quite been as faithful as you could have been, like you get emails or text messages or push notifications because you're on the team and, and you really just, you're not feeling it. Like it's not, you thought it was going to be something else or you thought you were going to have more time or whatever. Strange request. Would you contact that team leader and say, hey, I need to step off for a while. I need to step off. And the reason I say that is because we want our team leaders to know who they can really depend on. And we want our team leaders to know that when they put out the call for help and or to be here or to do stuff, that they've got a team that's going to respond, that they've got a team of people who are like, yes, I want to be used. Now, maybe you're hearing this and you know you haven't been faithful, but you want to be now. So don't text that to your team leader. Maybe text him and say, hey, you know what? I've been kind of a slacker. My bad. There's been a lot going on. I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm, I'm on. I'm ready. The other request I have for you, and this is a lot easier, is when you see a person in a red T-shirt that says, welcome to the porch, or you see a person in a gray T-shirt that says, porch kids, would you please tell them thank you? Because these folks have chosen to show up early, stay a little later, get sweaty, sometimes get aggravated, but they do it with a smile on their face from the moment you are pulling in off of Forest Street um, because this is the only reason. And I'm reminding the people in the red shirts this too in case they forgot. We want people who come onto this campus of all ages to experience the power of Jesus Christ in their lives. We want them to know that they are fully loved and that God has a great purpose for them. So would you thank those people who are serving? And maybe it's time for you to do that. Maybe you're hearing that today. Maybe you're hearing, you know what, I had no intention of being in a community group, but my goodness, I've got to do something. If I'm supposed to be doing the work of the church and building up this community of faith, and I've been kind of saving my faith just for Sundays, I need to do something. And maybe it's that hard step today of saying, you know what, yeah, I need to be in a community group. All that information about, maybe you heard me brag about our nurture team, and you're like, that's my gift. I can do that. We want to know that. Am I right, Terry Shea, my nurture team leader? Yeah, she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, or maybe, you know what, you're sitting right now, and you're going, I need the nurture team. You know, or, or a greeter or a parking team. All that information is at our next steps wall. You can get stuff about nurture team, how to be on it, or if you have a need there, how to be on a serve team, how to be in a, in a community group. All these things are there. They're all on our website, too. 
want you, I want you, as, as, a, as reading Ephesians 4.12, this is what I want to say to you. This is, this is what I, I want to do. This is my role, and I, and I want to share it with you. Is that I understand that my responsibility is to equip you. What am I equipping you to do? I want to help you to do God's work to build up his church, to build up this community, to build up the body of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, today is a day where um, it, it could be kind of uncomfortable for people who maybe have feel like they've, they've kind of dropped the ball. What I love about you, Jesus, is you are okay with people who drop the ball. Um, now, it might take a little bit of a, we might need to admit it. It might take a little moment of, of some conviction that it doesn't feel good. But God, when we drop the ball, you don't drop us. Huh. When we drop the ball, you don't drop us. So I know when you want to feel bad today. But oh God, I want us to be inspired. I want us to want to serve in your name, to serve in your purpose, to serve in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the Porch Community Church, not in the name of... We want people in our community to know that Jesus brings life. Jesus brings restoration. Jesus brings hope. And we're going to spend some waking hours in this coming week with people who need that message. God, would you remind us that you have given us the that you've equipped us, Lord, that we have gifts and we have graces, and may we use those to share that message, that hope. And God, would you strengthen this church? Would you strengthen us from the inside so that we can be strong on the outside? That we would step forward and, and do our part, that we would, we would rise up, that we would engage in community groups, that we would even launch even more, that we want to be about your work in this community. God, as we close our time in, in, in singing and celebration of who you are and what you've done in us, as we take a moment to reflect on, on your word, God, would you take the gifts that we bring, the, the being reminded in this moment of the offerings we bring. This is about your work. It's about your name. And Lord, for the needs on these connection cards that, that are about to be dropped in this basket, God, that, that we would walk alongside these persons and let them know how very real you are to them. All of this, we pray, everything we do, it's all centered around the saving one, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.